Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Hello again. Good to see everyone. We still doing good? Yeah, good deal. I'm so pumped up. We had like this all leadership summit yesterday where our elders, our trustees, our pastors, our staff, and all of our volunteer leaders got together and we just celebrated what God did in 2018. And then uh, we just talked about how we feel that he's leading us in the future for 2019. I'm so pumped up. It was awesome. Didn't want to leave the place, but I did have to write a sermon. So, um, super excited. You'll be hearing more um, about some of the stuff that I shared uh, with, um, with them yesterday in the coming weeks. Um, wanted to invite you as well. If you've never been to Discover VFC, uh, five o'clock this afternoon, you can just come in through the main doors. We'll direct you to the classroom. Uh, it's just a way for you to get to know more about this church. Why do we exist? You know, what do we intend on doing? What's our vision? What's our strategy? Um, and so I, I really encourage you to last about an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how many questions there are. Uh, and I promise, um, it's not a terrible class. That's my guarantee to you is you won't fall asleep. Um, because if you do, I'll wake you up. Did y'all notice the big compassion experience in the parking lot? Yeah? Super excited about that. It's been crazy this week. A lot of people in and out. We're so excited, though, that we're honored uh, to help host that. Uh, we, ha- we had a, uh, a group of kids, as soon as it opened on Friday, come like, like 200 kids from a school. They came rushing in, uh, and then they just let themselves into the office area um, and into the restrooms and made a mess. I'm not going to get into detail, but whatever you're thinking right now was way worse. Um, but that's, hey, well, uh, that's, that's part of ministry though. It's, it's, there's people. And so, uh, but we're super excited. If you haven't had your chance, uh, to go through, we re- really highly recommend that you do that. And you should go online to compassionexperience.com and make a reservation so you don't have to stand in line. Um, so, we're ending this series, Engage. I've really enjoyed this, you guys. I've really enjoyed studying for this. I've really enjoyed figuring out how we can love God with everything. We've been asking the question, what does it mean to engage with God? And we've settled in on this verse, Mark 12, 19 through 21, that says, The most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. It's funny, Jesus has asked, hey, what's the most important commandment? Jesus doesn't like following the rules. So he doesn't just give them one, he gives them two. And he says, these are equal, you can't separate the two. So we've been talking over the past few weeks about engage your head, engage your heart, and then today, engage your hands Engage your head is the fact that we can use our intellect. We don't, you know, you don't have to be uh, dumb to be a person of faith. You can be intelligent. Our faith is very reasonable. Uh, we want to engage our hearts. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to love God with our feelings. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. 
And then today we're talking about engaging our hands. Now, most people tend to pick one. Most people say, hey, I'm going to love God with my intellect. I'm going to give myself the study. And that's wonderful, but that's incomplete. Sometimes people say, I'm going to love God with my heart. And I'm just going to, I just, oh, I feel so close to Jesus. That's great. That's great, but that's not all there is. And then other people resign their life to service and say, I'm just going to serve. That's how I connect with God. Well, service is good. But you also have to connect with your head and with your heart as well. And so this morning, we're talking about engaging your hands. What do I mean? I mean, love God by loving others. Love God by loving others. You know, you can't have a relationship with God and not have a relationship with others. That just doesn't make sense. Now, there's this trend right now in church culture where a lot of people are like, well, I love God. You know, I pray, I read scripture, but, you know, going to a meeting or being around other people, you know, I'm just, I'm just not really into that. And, and, and now with, with the amount of preaching and, and worship that you can hear online, you know, everyone's like, you know, I just, I just don't know that I necessarily need to be there uh, because let's be honest, people are messy. People say stupid things. People hurt us. Many of you have been hurt. Many of you have have had bad things happen to you in churches. And so it's easy to want to withdraw and say, hey, you know, I'm just going to love God, but I'm going to keep my distance when it comes to others. That doesn't make sense. Look, you can't say that you love me and hate my children. If, if you were to say, Jamie, I'm so, I love coming to VFC. I'm so glad you're my pastor, but your kids. Woo, I do not like your kids. As a matter of fact, I talk bad about them all the time. I make fun of them. I'm always posting on Facebook about them. But, but Jamie, I, you know, you're great. Look, I'm going to have a problem with you. Wouldn't it be the same with the Lord? We say, Lord, we love you, but you're always making fun of his kids, trashing his kids. Talking bad about them. I mean, you cannot separate loving God from loving people. That's just not how it works. So how do we love people? Well, we love others by serving them. We love other people by serving them. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is something that you do. And so when we love other people, it's demonstrated in practical ways through serving people. You know, the phrase I've been using for years is that love does what's best for the other person. That's what love is. Love is doing what's best. It's doing. It's active. It's doing what's best for who? Not you, the other person. Now, sometimes that looks like a hug. Other times that looks like a push. Either one can be loved depending on the context. If there's someone standing in the road and there's a car headed right for them, the most loving thing to do is to push them as hard as I can. That's love. Other times, though, when someone's been through a traumatic experience, they're hurt, they're wounded, and you think you know how to fix their life, you should probably not talk and give them a hug. That's love in that context. Well, who knows? How do we know when to push and when to hug? Holy Spirit knows. He knows, and that's why we have to be in relationship with him. That's why these two things, loving God and loving people, work together. You can't do one without the other. Not only can you not love God without loving people, you can't love people without loving God. It's not enough just to give to charity. It's not enough just to do a good work. Your good works, your good deeds will be complete only 
when there was a relationship with the Lord. So there's some things I want you to know this morning about serving others. We're going to go through these rather quickly. Then I'm going to give you some really practical tips on how to serve. Some real life things that you can actually begin doing today. So here's some things I want you to know about serving others. First of all, God considers serving others to be the same thing as serving him. No, no, I don't. (laughs) If I was selling my house and I needed to move, my neighbor was selling their house and needed to move, and you went and you helped them move, and you didn't help me, I wouldn't say, well, that's the same thing. (laughs) I wouldn't think that. I'd be like, dude, what in the world, man? But I'm not God. God is so much higher, so much better, so much deeper. And so that's how he thinks. See, Jesus is no longer here on the earth in the flesh. And so when he was here on the flesh, we could have given him a drink. Uh, we could have washed his feet. We could have you know, served him in some other way. But now, although he physically in the flesh is not here, he is here represented by his body that's us, that's people. And so he considers when you serve another person the same as serving him. Matthew 25, 37 through 40 says, Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. That phrase, the least of these, we don't really use that a lot. What does that mean? The least of these means the most insignificant among us. The least. The word means small or of little importance. The least of these. What does that mean? It means that those that we think are insignificant are not insignificant to God. He has a different grading system. He has a different way of, 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 of adding value to people than we do. We look on the outside and we say, well, I'm not so sure about that person. But he sees the inside. So he says, hey, when you serve someone, especially someone that you think cannot help you, you're doing it to me. It's accounted to you as if you were serving me in the flesh. There are actually two groups in particular that the scripture singles out that we can serve. One is the least of these, those who are the most vulnerable. And, and you know, and we don't have time to get into it this morning, but when Jesus says, love your neighbors yourself, in one account in Luke's, the, the person who asked the question says, well, who's my neighbor? He then tells the story of the Good Samaritan, of the person who helps someone who's not even of his own race, even of his own village, even of his own country. He helps them, and he's the one that fulfills this law. And so it's, it's not about only helping your own kind, but at the same time, there is a priority placed on helping other believers. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone, regardless of who they are, but especially to those in the family of faith. So God has placed a priority on other believers first. Does that mean that we don't help people who aren't believers? Of course, we help everyone, right? But Scripture says, look, you guys are called to be a family, and you can only be that family when you're looking out for one another. Isn't it so cool that God, when we do something for someone else, it's just as if we're doing it for him? 
So if you want to honor God, honor someone else. If you want to serve God, serve someone else. If you want to love God, love someone else. And you will be honoring, serving, and loving him. The next thing I want you to know about serving others is that you can measure your maturity by your hunger to help. You can measure your spiritual maturity by your hunger to help. Jesus is talking, Matthew chapter 20, 25 through 28, he calls his disciples together and says, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over, uh, over those under them. But among you, who, disciples of Jesus, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, referring to himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. A servant mentality naturally grows as spiritual maturity grows. That means that if you want to test yourself and say, and see, am I following Jesus? A good way to test yourself and see if you're following Jesus is to look at your life of service. Are you serving? Now, good works are the evidence of faith. Good works aren't what we do to get saved, to impress Jesus, to make him love us more. He already loves us as much as anyone can possibly love anyone. So you're not earning God's love. You're not earning your salvation. You attain salvation by faith, by believing that God has sent his son Jesus and that Jesus did what he said he he did and he is who he says he is. That's how you receive salvation is by faith. But the evidence of that salvation is seen in how we act. You You can't come in contact with God and have no change in your life. That doesn't make any sense. You come in contact with a mosquito and it changes you a little bit. How much more would coming in contact with God change your life? There should be some sort of evidence. The scripture says, look, you don't work to get saved, but once you've been saved, you get to work. Because you've got something inside of you now that you want to share with others. So look, you can measure your maturity by how hungry you are to help out. Now, some people have the gift of of service, the supernatural gift of service. Those people, they'll stay up all night stacking chairs. I'm in all of them. I don't have that. I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, stop talking and help. But there should be, I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking, there should be something in you that wants to serve because that's what your father does. And if he is in you, then he will do what he does through you. So, you can measure your maturity by your hunger to help. Here's another thing I want you to know. Don't do the right thing with the wrong motivation. I mean, I've done this before. I'm sure you have as well. It's so easy to do it. But don't do the right thing with the wrong motivation. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. The Apostle Paul says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. You know, the proper motivation for service is worship. The proper motivation for service is to worship God. It's not 
people's appreciation. Although it feels really great when you do something good for someone and they're so appreciative and they say, thank you so much. And you feel good, right? But here's the thing. You don't do, you don't serve them to get their appreciation. If you do, as soon as someone stops appreciating you, you'll stop serving. And your service isn't based on how they react. It's based on your spiritual maturity. And so we, we, don't, we don't do that for people's appreciation. We don't do that for our own recognition. I'm the best servant of them all. <laughs> right? That's, that's not how we are. We serve, Jesus talks about serving others and doing good things in secret. Not letting anyone know. You know, this is so against our nature because, hey, I I want to be recognized. I did this good thing. Tell me how good it was. But this is not kingdom mentality. Sometimes we do things out of guilt. Sometimes we we just we feel like we're so distant from God and we we we, God is so perfect and we're so not and and so we're so desperately trying to earn his favor and be worthy of his love and so we serve, 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 and maybe he'll notice me. Look, he knows you and loves you already. You can't impress God. He's already impressed with you, impressed enough to send his son. So we don't serve out of guilt. We don't serve because of that reason some people some people serve just to stay busy some people you know i encourage you in our modern technology day i've always got my phone when i if i have like a free moment i'm like reaching in my pocket right oh well let's just see what's on facebook as if there's anything good another incorrect article shared okay look we've, we've got to learn I, mean, I remember as a kid being outside you know what i was doing Nothing. Looking at the trees. Hey. There's a tree. Just sitting there alone in your thoughts. You know, some of us, we're so not used to hearing our own thoughts, we'll do anything to numb them with activity. And we don't want to serve just to stay busy. We want to serve because it's the natural outflow of our love for God. So, we don't do the right thing with the wrong motivation. Do you know that you can turn tedious tasks into worship? You can turn everyday tasks, the the monotonous stuff, the menial things, you can turn those into worship. You can be a great worker at your job. Well, my boss is a jerk. Cool, guess what? Scripture says you're not working for that person. You're working for God. If you're a student, you can make great Grades and that's worship to God. That's worship. You can do the menial tasks around the house, doing the laundry, washing the dishes, cutting the grass. And part of you, I'm sure, that's like, well, these no one appreciates me at this house, and they don't know how much I do. And okay, probably, especially if you have teenagers. But. What if instead you were folding the laundry for Jesus, doing the dishes for him, cutting the grass for the Lord? Then your focus is not on whether or not people are going to appreciate you. It's focused on you're turning this into worship. And so we don't want to do the right thing with the wrong motivation. We want our motivation 
to be worship of the Lord. Here's the fourth thing I want to let you know about serving others. Don't wait to serve until you get your life together. Serving others is the way you get your life together. Don't wait. I've heard so many people say, look, Jamie, I'll get involved in the church. You know, I got a few things I need to work through and then I'll start coming. Okay. All right. I'll start serving. Great. Yeah. Serving is what makes you mature. Serving is what helps get all that stuff out. So you don't wait until you feel like you're ready. You serve and that's what makes you ready. First Peter 4.10. The Apostle Peter says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Serving creates the change in you that you desire. You don't wait to serve until you got it all together, until you got your act together. That's not how it works. You serve until you get your act together. You know, most people don't serve because they either feel underqualified or overqualified. Let me give you a hint here. You're neither. You're Jesus qualified. You're not too good to serve, and you're not too bad to serve. That's worldly thinking. Both of those are a lack of humility. Because humility is obsession with oneself. And even if you think you're trash and you're no good and they would never love me, you're still not being humble. Because you're still thinking about yourself. And so, look, you're not underqualified to serve. You're not overqualified to serve. So don't wait to get your life together. Start now. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. You will give account of your ministry. Hey, wait a minute. I'm not the pastor. What are you talking about? My ministry? What do you mean? I'm not on staff. Oh, you have a ministry. We just saw the scripture before that God has given to each person at least one spiritual gift. That means a job, something for you to do, or as we would call it, a ministry. 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15, the apostle Paul is talking. He says this, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if the person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, that builder will suffer, will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. What's he talking about? Paul's drawing an analogy between building a house and ministering to the body. He's saying we are building the body of Christ just like a builder would build a, a, a house or a, or a building of some sort. And he's saying, look, you each with your own gifts that you have, don't say you don't have a gift because you do, you each have a role to play in building this building. But you will give account for your building. You will give account for what you do. And he's saying, look, and at the end, it's going to be tested by fire. And if it burns up, he's not talking about heaven. He's not saying you won't be in heaven. He's just saying that all the work that you've done will be for naught. I don't want that. Do you want that? No. I want to be a good builder. I want to be a builder that builds the body with good things, that trains people up and loves people and teaches them the truth. I want you 
to do that as well. Look, we're all building the body of Christ. Jesus will say at the end of your life, well done, good and faithful servant. He won't say, well done, good and faithful theologian. Well done, good and faithful worshiper. He won't say that. He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. He is looking at your service. He is asking you to serve. Look at this scripture, John chapter 13, verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, we already saw that to love someone is to serve them, right? Your love or your service to one another will prove that you are my disciples. You know, we're trying to prove to the world that we follow Jesus by doing the wrong thing. We're trying to tell them how right we are. We're trying to tell them how good our behavior is. Well, your behavior will change. As you get, uh, you know, as you follow Jesus, your behavior will change. But that's not what's going to convince the world. It's not how good we are. It's not how good our music is. It's not even how much of scripture we have memorized. Although those things are all wonderful. The world is looking at your life of service to determine whether or not you belong to Jesus. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? It is for me. And this, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, well, gosh, I mean, am I doing the right thing then? You know, God is counting on his people to accurately represent him to the world. You ever seen a picture of someone and you thought, well, that doesn't look like them. Maybe it's blurry or it's a weird angle. And you think, well, that, that picture doesn't look like them. Why? Because it's not an accurate representation. I fear that the picture we're showing to the world of Jesus doesn't really look like him. Because it's the service, it's the love that the world is looking at to see him. Surrender to service. Surrender your heart. Surrender your life to a life of service. The statistic that has been bounced around for years is that 20% of the people in a church do 80% of the work. Have you heard that before? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't volunteer in the way that most Christians do? He willingly gave it all. He willingly gave it all. Come on, guys, I can do better at this. We can do better at this. I want to let you know really quickly some ways that you can engage your hands at VFC. Here's some practical tips, okay? Here's the first thing. I'm super excited about this. We are going to Honduras in June. Um, there's a mission trip to Honduras June 5th through 12th. I would love for you to go. Um, we're going to have an informational meeting about this a week from Wednesday, February 6th, here in the worship center. Uh, Pastor Tim is going to be leading us down there. Um, he used to live there. He and Lynn used to live there for several years. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a pastor's conference, ministering to children, doing some, uh, some, some, some work on people's homes uh, to sh- show them tangibly the love of Christ. We're going to be doing it all. We're going to be praying for the sick. We're going to be doing it all. Okay, I'd love for you to go. It's only going to be around 18 to 20 people who can go. Uh, just because it's, it's, a, it's a small group, look, pray about it. Maybe this is a way that you can engage. Maybe this is something that you can do. I encourage you, coming next Wednesday, Wednesday week, is not a commitment. It's just information, okay? 
I encourage you to come and hear about the trip and then pray. We're going to help you with fundraising. We're going to help you with everything, okay? If God's calling you to go, though, come on, go. Don't put it off. Go. Here's another thing that you can do. We've got Compassion International in our parking lot. As a matter of fact, in the back of the room, we have Compassion International. And this is cool. They partnered with us. We told them about our, our, um, our mission trip to Honduras this June, and they've chosen children who need to be sponsored from Honduras, and they've tried to get them as close to our area as possible, where we're going this summer. We, we, it's not a guarantee, but we might even be able to hook up with them and, and to see some of the kids that are being sponsored. One of them, their name is Axel. I think someone needs to sponsor Axel because he can literally say welcome to the jungle. That's so funny. Someone needs to take care of that. That's all I'm saying. You can team up with Compassion International. Look, if you haven't gone through, go through. I think it starts at 11, 1030, 11. Yeah, go through. My kids are going through at 1120. Join them. But, you know, there's something that you can do. Here's another thing. Join a VFC ministry team. Look, we've got a lot of different ways that you can serve. You know, we serve everyone, but remember, there's a priority placed on serving each other. Galatians. So you can serve each other. So really quickly, I'm going to call out the names of the ministry team leaders for this year and what the ministry is. They won't all be here, but if you're here, if you please come, stand up front across the, uh, across the front of the stage. So altar ministry team is Rosa Law. These are the people that pray for you after the service. Come on up. Come on. These are the people that pray for you after the service. If you want to be a part of that, there's a training you have to go through. You can stand in the middle. See, she's being all humble, like, I'll just stand over here. Front and center. There you go. <laughs> Celebrate Recovery is Hoyt and Shauna Roundtree. Hoyt and Shauna oversee the Celebrate Recovery ministry. Guys, it's yielding such amazing fruit, but they need help. They need help feeding people. They need help doing the small groups. They need help encouraging people. Uh, if you've been through addiction recovery especially and you've got a testimony, they need people to share. So this is important. Intercessory prayer is Lindsay Hogan. You know, God is moved by prayer. Uh, I've heard people say, you know, prayer changes us. It does, but it also changes things. Like, it, you can see it in Scripture. It says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It does stuff. And so Lindsay is, is praying uh, with us. The men's ministry is Jason Bryan. The guys are getting together to watch the Super Bowl next weekend, right? I don't even know who to root for. I'm so disillusioned right now with the NFL. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, we're going to be doing stuff. We've got a men's conference coming up in May. Good stuff. You can help out Jason. Stage design is Melanie Lake. Um, you know, we, we like creating a, a stage uh, that's conducive to worship, or at the very least, you know, when you close your eyes, you see lines. And so... <laughs> So that's, that's our goal. We want you to see lines. So if you want to be on that team. The greeters are Tom and Renee Van Gundy. You know, the greeters are like the face of the church. When someone walks in and they're like, I wonder what this place is like. You know, the greeters are some of the first people. You know, so if you're angry all the time, don't call them. We don't want you as a greeter. Okay? But if you like people and you're smiley and chatty, we want you to be a greeter. We have the ushers. Mark Savage is over the ushers. The ushers, ushers are challenged to take care of the security. They help seat people. They receive collections. Um, they, they do all that kind of stuff. They do a security sweep. Um, there's all kinds of things that they do, uh, especially if you have an open care or concealed carry license. We want you on the usher team because we're developing a security plan. 
Holy Grounds, Todd and Shelly Spencer. That's our coffee shop in the back. Hey, you can pour coffee. I mean, come on. Right? You can, you can serve people and love people by doing this. The Love Our Community team is Val Sims. The idea here is to love people until they ask why. Why are you being so nice to me? You don't even know me. Oh, Jesus. That's why. And Val's overseeing. So that's where we take ministry out of here and into the city, into the community. The Welcome Center is Abby Hutto. So when, when visitors come, and if you're a visitor, turn in your card. We've got some good swag for you this morning. And, and, and they give out the stuff, answer any questions that people might have. That's the um, Welcome Center. Christmas shoe boxes are Marsha DeMoga. Uh, we partner with uh, um, uh, Samaritan's Purse. And everyone's whispering it to me, Samaritan's Purse. Uh, we partner with them to do shoe boxes every year, and Marsha oversees that. She always needs help. The food pantry, Michelle Hancock. Man, we... Fat, we gave away 11,000 meals. We supplied 11,000 meals last year in 2018. Isn't that awesome? Almost 4,000 bags of food. And so um, that's Thursday mornings. Women's Ministries, Ashley Sheffield. Super excited about this. She's going to get the ladies together, just quarterly have some women's events, get to know one another. Trace Diaz. Walter and Jennifer Sykes. Trace Diaz is a three-day weekend. Uh, we love sending people through. If it's something you're interested in going on, we'd love to send you. It's awesome. It's, um, it's a really good time. They oversee that for us. The kindness and the care team. The kindness team is Sean O'Brien, and the care team is Terry and Rosie Tullis. So the care team takes care of people when they're going through like a divorce or a funeral or just a traumatic experience. But the kindness team is just random acts of kindness. I told Shauna, hey, just... Whoever the Lord puts on your heart, just bless the snot out of them. Just whatever it takes. Just do something fun for them. And so if you want to be on those teams, we need it. Um, communion is Norma Malone. Um, you know, the first Sunday of every month we serve communion. We need help getting bread, getting juice, getting people to serve. First contact, parking is Greg Vaughn. I think Nicholas is coming up. Um, their team helped park you, hopefully, this morning. They do a good job of putting out the cones and, and, and getting everything ready. They did a great job because of the extra stuff, the compassion stuff this morning. They need help. We need people in, in the parking team. I mean, it's really easy. Like, if you can stand there and do this, you're qualified, okay? <laughs> Public events is Noel Copeland. Um, public events, we call this big events. Uh, this is stuff where, where we do invite the community, our fall festival, things like that. Um, and so we really want people involved. And then lastly, our freedom ministry, Dylan and Amy Williams. Dylan and Amy, this is for inner healing. This is when people have gone through just really terrible things and just need some one-on-one time where they can be free and set free from some, some of the emotional and spiritual traps that they've fallen into. These guys go and rescue them, okay? And if, that's, if that sounds awesome to you, then you should be on their team. Okay. Look at all these, look at all these teams that you can be a part of. Isn't that awesome? We all give them a hand. Now we're running a little bit late and you guys can go back to your seats. The ushers are passing out real quick, these little cards. Okay. And it's just a way if you want to respond, because sometimes it's hard to know who to contact, what to do. So this, we're just trying to make it easy for you. It's all this is. It's got a list of, of ways that you can volunteer. If you want to volunteer, or at least you're just interested in a certain one, check it, check the box, put your name on it, and just leave it in your seat. 
Okay? You don't even have to turn it in anywhere. Just leave it in your seat. We'll collect it between services, and, um, and we'll go from there. Okay? Are you guys ready to serve? Are you guys ready to reveal your maturity to the world? Look, here's my question to you. Are you engaging your hands? Are you engaging your hands? Come on, be honest. Maybe you've been engaging your head. Maybe you've been engaging your heart. That's great. You need to. You should. But we also need to engage our hands. We also need to put action behind our belief. Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Is that just an idea in your head or is it a lifestyle that you live? Let's stand for prayer. We're running a little bit late. But, but I just don't want to move past this moment. If you will, everyone, hey, if you will, close your eyes for a sec. Close your eyes. Really quickly, ask the Holy Spirit, am I engaging my hands? Expect a response. Be honest. Are you engaging your hands? I'd like to lead you in this prayer where we commit to the Lord that we're not just going to engage our head or our heart, we're going to engage our hands. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you served me by going to the cross. So I want to serve you. And I'm going to do it by serving others. I give you permission to convict me when I'm not engaging my hands. Send people my way that I can love so that I might reveal your love to them. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. I give you everything I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tiff, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.